It's the season of gratitude and we just have to say that we are so fucking grateful for Grublies, the all-natural snack that provides the nutrients and minerals for happy and healthy chickens. Grublies are farm-grown, oven-dried black soldier fly grubs that are grown at FDA-approved grub farms in the U.S. One handful of Grublies has more calcium than five pounds of mealworms. That's why we're happy to call Grubly Farms Grublies the official chicken snack of the We Drink and We Farm Things podcast. So go to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I am being slightly boring and mm-hmm. having coffee. What kind of coffee? It's coffee that is roasted by my friends at Ancient Valley Mercantile. Yum. At least it's bougie coffee. Yeah, I only drink bougie coffee. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Life is too short to drink shit coffee, so that makes sense to me. Yes, I fully agree. And when you find coffee you like, like, that's the coffee you should drink. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so what are you drinking over there? So I got a little weird today. Um, I brewed some Tivana spiced apple cider. And so I have a herbal tea uh, spiked with pinnacle salted caramel. And yes, I did Google, like, can I put alcohol in tea? Like, is this going to be terrible? And it turns out that hot tea beverages spiked with liquor are a thing. So that's what we're doing today. Nice. It kind of sounds like a hot toddy. We have hot toddies a lot right now. You like mm-hmm. squeeze a lemon and some water and some bourbon. It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love. Like, I like this time of year where it's just getting cooler, but it's not freaking freezing, even though everything was frozen out in the pasture this morning. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it's warm now, though. It feels nice. I mean, it's 46 and it feels warm, but. Um, I like this time of year because it's sweatshirts and hot beverages and ugh, falling leaves. I just like it. Yeah, I am in full agreement. It feels cozy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Well, our drink peep this episode is our friend Natalie Quist, which is at Cloud Lover Fiber over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. So it's the episode that we promised you a few weeks ago. We're going to talk about cows. Yay. (laughs) Because we both have cows now. Yay. Yes. Yes. And I would have been down to do a cow episode before I got mine, but we just never really thought about it um, because we didn't both have a cow and we weren't doing anything specific for dairy or beef or anything like that but now that we both have cows and we're both trying to get them to love us constantly we thought we'd talk (laughs) about some fun facts about cows and then maybe some of the weird things we've googled while owning a cow yeah and I'm glad that we waited to do this episode because I'll be honest with you like 
Mike, how so easy? I didn't know what to talk about. <laughs> like the episode was going to be get a cow, put it in the pasture, the end. <laughs> but there is a tiny bit more to that. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm just so excited because cow was not in my 2020 plans, but it just kind of fell in my lap. Not literally, because that would hurt, but from a listener that heard us talking about Highland cows and how I wanted one, and now I have a Highland Herdford mix, and I, I'm just overall pumped that I got this little pleasant surprise in 2020. Yes. I was going to say, I don't think 2020 was what anybody expected, no. like, whatsoever, but it's <laughs> nice to know that there are some, like, good, unexpected things happening, yeah. too, for sure. Yes. So we pulled some information from a couple articles today in the section about just plain old facts about cows. And there's almost 30 facts that we're going to talk about. Um, Come from the websites clovermeadowsbeef.com and mentalfloss.com. So in case you didn't know, when you say cow, um, that means female. So all cows are females. And when you refer to males, they are called bulls or steers. And before having a calf for the very first time, a female is called a heifer. Then when she has her first calf, she becomes a cow. Okay. So technically, you have a heifer. Yes. And I have a steer. Correct. Yes. But we just call them cows because... We do. Because cows. Because I think (laughs) a lot of people do. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I drive past a field of cows I go cows and I'm not gonna sit there and try to figure out what's a bull and what's a steer and what's a heifer and what's a cow so I think I think we're in the majority when everybody just calls them cows <laughs> okay good because I was like uh do I have to stop hashtagging him cows of IG no <laughs> I mean some snooty person might call you out one day I've already had somebody at um basically shame me for having a cow um, well, it wasn't direct shame. It was more of like, a, I hope you're not going to eat that cow one day kind of comment because they were clearly perusing the hashtag because <laughs> they do oh. not follow me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're not going to eat that cow. Well, if I was, it's none of your business. Okay. So there. <laughs> and no, I'm not going to eat that cow one day, but I will probably eat her babies, which sounds even more morbid when you say it out loud. So I did not say it to that individual. I just blocked them and kindly deleted their comment because I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, that was probably for the best. Yeah. It, depending on what kind of mood I was in, I might have replied and just said, no, I'm not going to eat her, but I will definitely eat her babies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our second fact is there are over 800 different cattle breeds recognized worldwide. And that is according to Wikipedia. So, for example, there are beef breeds that are raised for meat and there are dairy breeds that are raised to produce milk. And you may not know this, but you can actually still milk beef breeds of cow as cows and they give you just a fine amount of milk. And some dairy cows end up going and becoming beef cows eventually for various reasons. So cows are relatively dual purpose. What's the word I'm looking for? Yes, dual purpose. My brain is like super foggy today, so I'm going to forget a lot of words. Oh, you're fine. That's what we're here for. We're a team. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) like you don't feel like just because you bought a beef breed of cow 
that that's all you can do with it if you decide like, hey, I actually kind of want to breed her and milk her and see what I get because like you can still milk beef breeds. In fact, lots of people on the internet do and they usually get the right amount of milk instead of a ridiculous amount of milk <laughs> that you get out of a dairy cow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you will see some people on the internet point out, I, I think I saw this today that um, I think I saw it in a just a general livestock group that um, like if you have a Holstein, which is typically a dairy breed, um, you can it pointed out you could get beef from it, but it's just probably not going to be as tasty as a breed that's specifically for beef. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because they've got the right like fat balance and stuff mm-hmm. to get the flavor you're looking for. Yeah. But meat is meat, in my opinion. So, you know, if you're going to honor the animal's life by using it to its fullest one day, then you know what? I'm not going to knock it. No, me neither. So what do cows eat? They eat grass and sometimes grain. Cows don't eat meat ever. There's always vegetarian, there's always like a label for like vegetarian fed um, (laughs) on on beef labels. I shouldn't say always. Um, If you see vegetarian fed on a beef label, it's clearly just a marketing term designed to get sales. All cows are technically vegetarians. (laughs) Yeah. Ruminant animals can't eat meat. I can't remember why, but I do know that I've read that somewhere. (laughs) And just like we're going to go off on a tangent here, but chickens, if they say they're vegetarian fed, you don't know what kind of mouse they tried to kill and parade around the barn or the yard with before because they're little carnivorous savages when it comes down to it. So, (laughs) (laughs) And cows can see almost 360 degrees. And I actually didn't know this. Uh, but I did get suspicious um, about that because of the way that uh, Percy moves his head when I'm like really close to him. So mm-hmm. because they have this near panoramic view, they can watch for pre- predators at all angles, but they don't see very well straight in front of them. Mm-hmm. So when you approach a cow from the front, they'll turn their head to the side and like cock it up to like look at you because if they're looking straight on, they can't necessarily like see all of you. And that also explains why he doesn't like being patted on the top of his head or the front of his face. Mm. He prefers touches like on the side because he can see my hands and he can see what I'm doing. When I pat him on the head, he like moves really fast to like get away from that. (laughs) He moves. (laughs) Moves. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny because we were bribing Fancy with primarily alfalfa cubes. Um, She gets croissants on the weekends because she's fancy like that. (laughs) I mean, Um, I want croissants on the weekends. I mean, me too. Um. But we're, like, trying to start her getting used to us touching her. And she kind of, she tolerates, like, some head scratches. But, yeah, she sometimes she, like, bats away with her horns, too. So we got to watch it. So maybe I'll try more of the side of her face and see if she tolerates that a little better. Yeah. And honestly, you're better off, too, because when they move their head really fast because of their horns, like, you can totally get caught on them. I have been hip checked by a horn more times than I can say, and it hurts. I bet. (laughs) Cows also have an acute sense of smell and can detect odors up to six miles away. 
Um, which is kind of funny because I read this and my husband is a smoker. Um, and he was trying to reach out to the cow to get her to smell his hand. And it was the hand he smokes a cigarette with. And she'd like, like was taken aback by the scent. Um, and I told him like, they can smell things from super far away. Like try your other hand. And it was kind of the same reaction, but I was wondering if it was because it just smelled kind of off to her or something she wasn't quite used to. And it was literally right in her face. So who knows? Maybe she's can be like an anti-smoking campaign cow. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So cows are also very social and they don't like to be alone. Mm. So that's actually a really good sign to look out for if you're a cow owner, if your cow isolates herself, it's usually because she's sick or about to give birth. And that's also why if your cow is like bellowing in the field and all by themselves, (laughs) it's probably just because they're lonely. (laughs) I do notice that Percy makes way more noise when the donkeys aren't with him. When the donkeys are with him, he's so quiet. He like doesn't make a peep. (laughs) That's so cute. And just like goats, cows have no upper front teeth. Therefore, when they're eating grass, they press their sharp bottom teeth against the top hard palate of their mouth to cut the blades of grass. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I didn't, I've never noticed that on Percy, but I did notice when I take pictures of him, I only saw the bottom teeth. (laughs) It didn't occur to me that they'd be just like goats. (laughs) And a cow has 32 teeth and will chew about 40 to 50 times per a minute. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. And a cow will chew for up to eight hours a day and can move their jaws about 40,000 times a day. So, man, oh, man, I wonder, (laughs) that just kind of makes my jaw tired thinking about it. That's a lot. Oh, I know. Same here. (laughs) And since grass isn't available in the winter for cattle to eat, depending on where you live, um, it's really important that farmers harvest grass so that they have something to eat in the winter. And harvesting grass is called making hay. Hey. (laughs) There are a couple other things called making hay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And making hay is a very busy time on the farm. And if you're going to uh, harvest your own hay or make your own hay for your cow, you've got to make sure that you have a pretty decent sized field because it takes a lot of hay for a cow to eat over the winter. Yes. (laughs) And I don't know about Percy's habits, but the first few days we had Fancy, I felt like she wouldn't lay down. Um, I think she was a little uncomfortable and wanted to be on her feet to understand her surroundings. But now she's laying down way more. And it turns out that cows spend about eight hours a day laying down. So I think we're about at normal. I mean, obviously, I don't see what she does at night. But (laughs) I see her laying down and relaxing way more now. So I see Percy laying down all the time. And at first I thought there was something wrong with him. And one time I even jumped the fence and ran out there because I couldn't get him to stand up like from the fence line. So I was like, oh, my God, Percy went down and I've got to go help him because, you know, like ruminant animals, you can't leave them down. They need to be able to stand to ruminate properly. And uh, no, I got close to him and he just stood right up and looked at me like I was a weirdo. (laughs) Like, what's wrong with you? Yes. And they'll also stand up and 
lay down about 14 times a day. So if you see them doing that, that's not necessarily a sign that there's something wrong. Because I have thought that too. Like I've been looking out the window and I'm like, I've seen him get down and get back up like a bunch. Is he trying to like move something like through his digestive <laughs> system or is he upset about something? No, it's just what cows do. <laughs> and cows can actually sleep while they're standing up too um which that whole cow tipping thing comes into play because of this and a different article that i was looking at when we were doing research said that you actually can't tip cows it's like a super bad idea to try to do that too by the way (laughs) don't do it i mean they're super heavy (laughs) yes (laughs) fun fact the first cow arrived in the u.s in 1611 in jamestown oh snap And now there are approximately 98 million cows in the United States. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is so many cows. Quite the reproduction rate there from 1611. (laughs) (laughs) And even though we have so many cows in the U.S., our cattle herd sizes are actually at their lowest level since 1952. Oh, wow. And it continues to shrink, which, I mean, is probably not necessarily a bad thing we're getting more efficient with the Mm -hmm. way that we raise livestock which makes total sense for sure and as we've mentioned cows are ruminants which means they're a cud chewing mammal other ruminant animals include sheep giraffe goats and deer just to name a few so i didn't know that deers were ruminants I don't think I realized that either, but I think it actually makes a lot of sense when I slow down and think about it. Yeah, it totally does. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> so the main stomach of a cow is the rumen, and it holds up to 50 gallons of food that has been partially digested. And just to put that size into perspective, a bathtub can usually hold 30 to 50 <laughs> gallons of water. It says. <laughs> That totally explains why Percy looks like a giant balloon sometimes. Oh, wow. Yes. And cows can consume up to 40 pounds of food in a day. So keep that in mind if you want your own furry, fuzzy pasture cow buddy. Um, They do require some attention in that space. I will say, though, Fancy spends most of her time just eating grass, and I don't have to feed her a lot of hay yet. Obviously, that's going to change in the summer, or in the summer, in the winter, and, you know, while the grass is growing in the spring, but it's really not that bad. Doesn't seem like 40 pounds to me, but she's keeping that grass cut out there. (laughs) Yeah, they're doing a good job out in the big pasture, the cow and the donkeys. Um, But so the rule of thumb is typically about 2% of their body weight is what they'll eat per day. So Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. bigger the cow, the more feed they need per day. Percy's just a little guy. So he like even when I feed him hay, he only gets like a flake or two per day. Mm -hmm. And then I usually give him a handful of like sunflower seeds and a couple of other things just for like funsies so that he has uh, something to like mix it up (laughs) yeah Yeah, some (laughs) snacks yeah we like to give some snacks too but we're being careful and it's so funny because when I give her apples uh she burps every time she opens her mouth for them and there's a (laughs) thing called apple acidosis too and if they eat too many apples or eat them too fast they can actually like ferment in their stomach and they get a little drunk yeah I could see that And I don't know if you knew this, but cows can see color and they can even see red. 
So when you see a matador waving a red flag at a bull, which is a male cow that is intact, (laughs) the bull charges because of the flag's movements. Oh, interesting. Mm hmm. And everybody's favorite thing to do with their livestock is to take their temperature right up the butt. Um, (laughs) And if you're doing that, you should know that the average body temperature of a cow is 102 degrees. And I think the safe span that I saw was 101.5 and to 103.5 for a temperature range. Yeah. And it's good to know that because if you just think everybody's healthy temperature is 98.6 like a human, like you freak <laughs> out when you take your goat's temperature. Yeah. Temperature. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Highest fee forever. <laughs> <laughs> so in the winter, uh, a cow's thick skin and hair is its natural insulator that protects them from the bitter cold. So cows will actually hang out in the snow and in the rain, yeah. and they really don't care. They've they've got no. their biggest, bougiest coat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had a downpour, like, right after we got fancy, and I was like, oh, my gosh, she's so dumb. Why is she not going in her shed? And I think it's just she literally doesn't care, which in contrast to the goats, if it starts sprinkling, you'd think the sky is falling because they just run for the barn. So it's kind of interesting to see the difference in level of caring when it comes to precipitation. (laughs) Yeah. I went out there to try to move everybody because we had three days of rain. Nobody oh. wanted to go into where the shelters were at. So the donkeys <laughs> and the cow hung out outside in the freezing rain for three days. And I couldn't do anything about it because they didn't want to come in. <laughs> They're like, we're good. <laughs> and cows actually have four digestive compartments in one stomach. We've already talked about the rumen, which is where the cud comes from. And then there's the reticulum, the omnisum, and the abo- abomasum. Abomasum? Sure. And the last one is sort of like the human stomach. So cows actually, even though they chew a lot, they kind of barely chew their food um, from what this article says. And it enters the first and largest part of the stomach called the rumen. Once the rumen is full, the cow lies down in the reticulum, which is made of muscle and is connected to the rumen. So food and water can easily pass back and forth. It pushes the unchewed food back up the esophagus and into the mouth. After rechewing or rumination, the food eventually passes through the omnisum. Uh, the omnisum filters out the water and gives the bacteria in the rumen more time to break down the food and take in more nutrients. And then finally, the food enters the abdomen abomasum which functions similar to the human stomach and then that's how you get cow patties fun yes and we have a lot in our i i've decided on the weekends i am like scooping it up with a pitchfork and slinging it over the fence because she doesn't have a really big space yet it's decent size but trying to keep the grass as nice as possible for her but man for one cow she craps a lot. <laughs> yeah, they do. They poop so much. It's amazing. And that's actually really smart to get rid of it because if you leave the cow patties in the pasture, it kills the grass there. Mm. So um, like we go through and we drag ours to break up the oh, cow yeah. patties so that there's not like big old bald patches everywhere. <laughs> And I actually asked Sarah, she's one of our listeners who I got the cow from, I asked her what she does about the poop, and she says that her chickens break it up, so they don't have to do a lot. 
Um, the stuff that I think she said the stuff that they get out of the barn, like they use in compost, which is really great. Um, great idea to do that too. So I've kind of been ushering the chickens in his, in her pasture once in a while. And lo and behold, they actually do scratch it up pretty well. So the stuff that they're not getting to, because there's only like seven, eight of them. Um, I, I mean, it, it. It turns into a pretty nice solid patty, especially this time of year. And it's super easy to just pitchfork and fling it over the fence. Mm -hmm. So in the 1850s, nearly every family in the U.S. had its own cow. Oh, that's so cool. It is super cool. I like it. (laughs) And this is also kind of a weird fact. Um, George Washington's dentist made his dentures like George Washington's dentures out of cow, hippopotamus, and walrus teeth. Ugh, yeah, he had like the weirdest dentures. They yeah. were they had all sorts of things in them. They were not wooden, that's for sure. Uh, that's just a myth. <laughs> and the hamburger debuted at the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis. And we have never been so happy about a food invention. Yeah. <laughs> Hamburgers yeah. are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. We had some last night. And oh, there's nothing better some nights than just a simple burger. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, talking about burgers, almost 2,000 quarter pound hamburgers can be made from the ground beef in one cow. That's a lot of burger. That is a lot of burger. Holy cow. Mm, Holy cow. (laughs) Be sure and check out the Drink and Farm merch shop. We keep the shop up to date with new and fresh items. And while you're there, check out November's shirt of the month. That's right. It's November and we are planning on some fun surprises for Black Friday through Cyber Monday. In the meantime, go to drinkandfarm.com slash shop and maybe snag a few things early or start making that Christmas list. Shopping with us is an excellent way to support the podcast and get something for yourself at the same time. All right. So as with any pet, even if it's just a dog, if your dog's doing weird things, you're going to Google like, why is it doing this? So Uh, We wanted to share some of the maybe kind of funny things that we've Googled before while having cows. Um, (laughs) Like literally 10 minutes before I got mine, I was like, oh, my God, like my grandparents are dairy farmers, but like I've never owned a cow before. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, what did I just get myself into? And I had a little panic moment and started Googling like right before they pulled in. (laughs) (laughs) I do that all the time with animals. Um, Actually, I kind of do that with everything because I can easily talk myself out of doing something until I like have all the answers or know all the things. But the truth is you kind of got to learn by doing like a lot on the farm. (laughs) So it's totally okay and normal to just Google weird random things. (laughs) And it turns out there's probably an answer for you. So don't hesitate to type it in. (laughs) Right. So the very first thing that I Googled is very important. Probably the most important thing you should Google. (laughs) And I'm being very sarcastic. It's how to make a cow like you. (laughs) So I'm a little sad that I didn't think to Google that. And maybe Percy would like me more if I had. (laughs) Because I've had him for eight or nine months now. And like, we're still not like best buds, but he comes to me when he needs something and he lets me spray him and he lets me brush him and stuff. But like, 
I can't That's halter him good. or anything. <laughs> hey, you know, baby steps. And maybe you know, it's never too late to start bribing them. Never it's true. And I had not thought of that, honestly. It sounds weird, but... <laughs> So general consensus from multiple sources on the internet, um, snacks is the leading thing that you can do. You obviously want to do this in moderation and be careful about what you're giving them. I always double check if it's a new food. I Google before, like, is this okay to give them? Um, Some of the things that you can give them are apples, pumpkin, watermelon, bread, um, sweet feed, or grain. And I'm here to tell you guys that Fancy Loves Croissants, as I said earlier. Apples and alfalfa cubes, the best. Um, Alfalfa cubes, she's obsessed with. Um, It's pretty funny. Uh, We're also sticking to a little bit of sweet feed and rolled oats mix at night. So she gets that. And we put it in a coffee can. And when we remember anyways, we shake it. So she associates that noise with, ooh, I'm getting snacks. So hopefully one day if we have to move pastures or move her to space for the vet or hoof trimming or something like that, um, it'll be easier because she knows she's being bribed and that she needs to follow us. It's exactly how I train my donkeys, too. Nice. They don't come running for the coffee can yet. Jupe's like, Jupe's scared of this the sound. So I don't know <laughs> if like someone used to torture him with like loud noises, but Hurt comes Aww. running when he hears it. And then Jupe usually like, comes up eventually but yeah it's a good idea to figure out how to make your animals come to you because you never know when you're gonna need that it's so smart right so one of the things you also need to do to make a cow like you is be calm and confident and they actually don't like it when you stare them in the eye and don't make quick movements or approach them quickly they're not fans of that no i mean i'm not either it kind uh, of freaks fair. me out. It freaks me out when people have a really intense eye contact and yes. don't break it. <laughs> like eye contact can, you know, be respectful, but when you're like staring into my soul, like I want to run away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. You also want to talk to them quietly and just in general respect their boundaries and don't force cuddle them no matter how badly you want. Fancy has the fuzziest ears, and I just want to scratch them, but we're not there yet. So I think for as much as this is an exercise in her trusting me, it's an exercise of my own (laughs) (laughs) self-control. Just not a bad thing, right? (laughs) No, no. It's always good to learn more self-control. Yeah. And you also need to keep in mind that your cow needs to see you as the alpha Otherwise, you could be dominated one day, and that is not good. And that's, like, one of the reasons why they don't recommend, um, like, bottle-fed bulls uh, Mm. and, like, keeping those as long-term pets because they can get really big and dangerous. And if they just see you, like, as the friend and whatnot like they will they could eventually like try to mount you and really hurt you. (laughs) And that's not a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. So... I've already seen Fancy get a little bossy about the treats. So what I've been doing to kind of counter that is I will walk the fence line with the treats and she has to follow me. Like if she wants it, she's got to come to me. Um, So I'm trying to not like I'm trying to mix it up and not just stand at the fence and feed her like, you know, she's Pez dispenser or something like that. (laughs) Uh, Just to show her like, hey, we're going to get our steps in together here and you're going to follow me if you want the treat. So just be mindful of that. You don't. You don't want to be a total pushover. 
Yeah, it's like good farm leadership skills are really yeah. important. Like you don't, there's a balance too. <laughs> yes, yes. So something else that you might Google is, can cows see at night? <laughs> I did Google this one. And we do keep a light on in the pasture because I thought she might get scared. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And like other animals, such as cats and dogs, cows can actually see better in the dark than humans because they have a light reflecting surface called a tapedum lucidum. And the surface is an area located in the back of the eyeball below the retina corresponding to the level of the choroid. Good job. Clearly, that's not a word I say often. <laughs> no, but I think I think it sounds right to me. So good job. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this area of the eye allows the light that enters the eyeball to reflect within the eye and amplifies the low levels of light. And um, they actually developed this as an adaptation that helps them see their food when there's no other source of light. Um, and also so that they can move through the dark. And yeah, the pasture is pretty dark out there at night unless there's a full moon like there is tonight. Yes. Yes. Um, the other thing we did too, and it's kind of more for us, especially since we're out playing with the dogs in the other part of the pasture and it's getting darker sooner. We took, um, solar lights, you know, little ones you can snick, like stick in your garden. So we took the tops of those off and like glued them to the, the wood posts in the pasture. Um, so we have a little romantic lighting out there too at night. Um, so we have that and then we have a bigger light, but there's still like place for her to go if she's annoyed by said light in her shed. So I think she's pretty spoiled cow. The light's That's probably actually a really not great necessary. idea. <laughs> yeah. And it looks really pretty too. Oh, I'm totally going to steal that because I do need more light out there now that it's getting darker earlier. Mm -hmm. Like it's been hard to take care of everybody, but having some light out there, you can just like glance and like, yep, everybody's in their shelter or yep, yeah. somebody's over there because you can see it reflecting. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Genius. And plug for tractor supply too. I shouldn't probably endorse this because I don't know how well it works, but if you're looking to like make your pasture area cuter maybe you have like a run-in shed um they tractor supply has these jingle bell looking solar lamps right now that you can hang so oh. I'm, i got two of them and i'm gonna hang them from the top where she can't get to them um of her run-in shed and it'll be cute and she'll have a wreath out there too so that'll be another good light source out there and it's instagram worthy so Love you guys should it. go look at that all right. The other thing that was important to me, um, especially since we haven't gone full balls to the walls yet with our pasture, this is, I mean, obviously we have to now, um, next spring, I mean, but I needed to know if cows and goats could live together. And I was surprised that the answer was actually yes. Um, Obviously, we have them split up right now because they're getting used to each other between the fence. But I think Fancy actually likes them and is curious about them in a good way, not a dangerous way. Um, so they can pasture together, but you do want to consider splitting them up for bedtime, especially with baby goats. Because if a cow lays down and there's a goat behind it, um, it can get trapped in a corner and get squished and die. So you got to be mindful of that. Yeah, I've actually, um, I've, I've kept Percy with the goats before. 
Mm-hmm. And Percy has a favorite goat. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Which one is his favorite? It's May. May is Aww. his favorite. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I wish that I could keep them together now, but our fencing doesn't allow the goats to be in the big pasture. Yeah. And Percy is too big for the small pasture. Like his poop just like overruns it <laughs> way too fast. Um, so right now they're split up. But eventually I'd like to run fence so that the goats can have access to the big pasture too. Because then I can nice. rotate who's hanging out with the cow instead of just having the donkeys out there all the time. Um, and yeah, it, they do really well together. And I actually made the goats. Um, the goats shelter is too small for Percy to get into. Um, So that way they have a safe place to go lay down and they don't have to worry about him going in and squishing them because cows do not care where they lay down. (laughs) It's just like flop. (laughs) (laughs) And goats can actually benefit from having a bovine best friend. Cattles and goats do not share the same parasites. So having a cow on the pasture can help break the parasite life cycle. While both animals love eating fresh greens, goats browse while tend to, uh, while cattle tend to graze. So there is little competition for food. Um, and their different appetites also make them a winning team for clearing pastures of invasive weeds and keeping the grass low. So we have like all kinds of grass and wild raspberries and stuff out way back in our property that isn't fenced right now and I like walked it the other day to make sure there was nothing like no poisonous plants or anything out there um obviously we'll walk it again before we pasture it but it's they're gonna like be living it up out there next year and I'm so excited to see that kind of companionship work well with the grazing and the browsing oh yeah for sure And uh, you also might Google, why do cows moo? I know, I sure did. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot of reasons why they moo. Uh, We actually pulled some information from a section of NPR called The Salts. And we'll link to that in the show notes. But um, one reason they might moo is that they want to make a baby. Hey, (laughs) Animals in heat are loud AF. Yes. (laughs) You know what's really funny, too? Um, you know, my goats just like kept getting knocked up, like, because I didn't have the appropriate fencing. I have never really witnessed the amount of female goats I have, uh, go into multiple heat cycles. Oh, yeah. So now I have three, four, four right now. And they all kind of go within a week of each other. And oh my God, (laughs) they're so loud and obnoxious. The first time I heard it, I had to Google it to make sure that they weren't dying. I thought there was something wrong. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they do. They bellow in a different tone and urgency when yes. they're in heat. It's insane. Yes. <laughs> so I can't wait to hear Fancy going to heat one day. We'll oh. see what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably want to like keep her bread just to avoid having to go through that every month. <laughs> They might also moo, though, because they're stressed. That's Aww. a possibility. Or if you have a cow that's in milk, they might moo at you and they need to be milked because that would be a little mm. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, or they could be hungry or lonely. Um, I've had Percy moo when I take the donkeys away. Um, he'll go like he'll be standing on the other side of the fence and just like moo. And then he'll walk over to where I'm at and moo at me. 
Like, oh my god, he communicates pretty well. I'm like, I know you want your friends, but right now your friends need to be in this pasture for this reason. And you know, <laughs> he doesn't understand. Uh, but they also might moo if like the mom is trying to find the baby. They that's like mm-hmm. how they talk to each other, or the baby's trying to find the mom, and you hear the goats do that same thing too out there. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely Googled this a couple days after I got fancy because she was moving, mooing, and I thought it was cute, but then I'm pretty sure it was because she was looking for her friends, and then it made me really sad because <laughs> she's not with her cow friends anymore, and now she's got these weird little goat-looking things to be her friends, um, but recently she's mooed at me because I was not moving fast enough to give her her nightly snack of sweet feed. So oh. She's much quieter now unless she's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> a quiet cow is a content cow. Yes. Yeah. That's good to know that. Um, and then something I actually Googled because I wanted to know this was if cows can just live on grass. Yes, this is an important one to Google because I kind of wondered the same thing too because you see like grass-fed beef on labels, but I wasn't quite sure if that was like 100%. Like it's sometimes it says that, like if it's even possible or responsible to do that, but they totally can sort of, kind of, depending on their breed. Yeah, and so for... My cow for Percy, he's a miniature Hereford. He does fine if he is just living on grass, but just because they're living on grass doesn't mean that they don't need the right balance of minerals and vitamins because, like, that's true for every living creature. Mm -hmm. So you have a couple of options. You can test your pasture to find out what you've got in there and compare it to what your breed of cow needs. And if you're good, you know, you're probably good. But um, what I do here um, is I use a range block. It's called a 37% range block and it's from TSC. Mm. Um, And that's because it has um, magnesium and vitamins and minerals in it that cows need because if your grass doesn't have enough magnesium in it, your cow can get grass tetany, which is basically just a magnesium deficiency. Um, But it's actually a really horrible way for a cow to die. So um, it's really important that they get enough magnesium in their diet. And another thing you can do is just feed them a well-balanced cow feed um, because that will give them the minerals and vitamins that they need as well. You just gotta like read labels, look at your cow's weight, figure out like what they need. And sometimes it can be kind of a balancing act. So throwing the block out there makes me feel good because he can just go get it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the one I picked up from Tractor Supply too. And she went crazy for it the first couple days. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I haven't caught her recently, but yeah, she seems to like it. So the first time I put one out there, the cow and the donkeys ate it in like four days. Oh, my God. So now I try to make sure that I keep one out there because they eat at it in moderation if they always have access to it. But if they're afraid that it's going to go away or that there's like a scarcity oh. in the block, they will just go to town and eat the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. That's so like when funny. I see it get low, I'm like, oh God, go get another block because I cannot let them go without that block. They'll go crazy. <laughs> So that's it. I'm sure there's other things that we could, we'll Google in the future. But if there's anything you guys have Googled about cows before, or if you know any fun facts we haven't talked about, drop them in our Facebook group because we're always excited to learn more. Yeah, for sure. 
now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? So, I can't even that my new obsession is Animal Crossing. (laughs) Okay, so can you um, explain what Animal Crossing is? at like a high level for our (laughs) listeners because I didn't know what it was really until you explained it to me. So I can sort of explain it. So Animal Crossing is a game and I play it on the Nintendo Switch. I have no idea if it's available on any other like game systems, but essentially like I actually bought myself a Switch so that I could have my own island. Oh my gosh. You're because dedicated. my kids' island was an island of chaos, and I wanted an island that was organized. <laughs> and when you have the game, each each like version of Animal Crossing, like only one switch can host one island. So if you want your own island, you have to have your own switch and your own copy of the game. <laughs> nice. So now like everybody in the house has their own switch and their own copy of the game and we can like go visit each other's islands but you're basically it's a it's a desert island that you're building up into a society and you get to decide like what that society is like you get to lay it out and design it and you can invite villagers to come and like live on your animal crossing island and (laughs) yeah it's it's really cool it can be like a super big time suck so i have to be careful uh but i've been been enjoying it and it's something that I can do like with my daughter that she really loves and we like go and visit each other's islands and I like give her gifts and like make her things and send them to her and she thinks it's like the greatest thing ever so it's really like a bonding thing that we do together but that I actually like really enjoy too because I used to really like the sims and oh me too yeah and I mean it's kind of like that but like a little more there's a little more freedom I think okay yeah because like you don't have to make your your animal crossing character sleep or anything like that or like go to work good (laughs) so yeah so that's what i can't even about so if anybody else plays animal crossing let me know because i don't know maybe we can like trade some tips or something (laughs) (laughs) all right what's your can't even this week so mine is holding the cow theme um because i came across this when i was googling like what snacks i could feed my cow um and apparently, uh, this well, this is from beefmagazine.com, and the title of the article is Dairy Farmer Explains Why Cattle Can Eat Skittles. <laughs> and it says, yes, cows can eat candy and be healthy, too. Check out this cattle nutritionist explanation following news about cattle eating Skittles. So, um, this is from January 2017. Um, so... Apparently, a load of Skittles spilled on a highway in Wisconsin around that time, causing travelers and the local sheriff to wonder where the candy was headed. And apparently, it was headed to um, a bunch of cows to eat. Because um, <laughs> just like any other food in America, if it looks weird or defective, it's not going to make it in the box. So defective Skittles can be fed to cattle. Um And sometimes they can even, I guess these ones might have been going to birds, too. Um, So super strange because we're thinking, you know, it's not great for me to eat Skittles all the time. So why is it okay for cows to eat Skittles? 
So there's a a cattle nutritionist and Wisconsin dairy farmer at Hartwood Hartwood Farm. Her name's Laura Daniels. She responded to the question and online rhetoric on a Facebook live session. And apparently they can eat Skittles because they do a great, cows do a great job um, taking sugar, using it as energy, and it breaks down um, healthy bacteria, fiber, and protein found in a calculated mixed ration. Um, and if you want to see more information about how awesome cows are and how they can break down sugar, turn it into energy and do fabulous things with it, um, looks like there's a link to the Facebook live in there. So who knew cattle could eat candy, but I don't recommend like buying your cow skittles to feed it (laughs) on the regular. Um, just like I don't feed fancy croissants every day. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so crazy! I had no idea that cows could eat skittles. I know it's a real weird world that we live in. Yeah, it is. So make sure you send us your can't evens. Um, you can send those via Facebook group or Messenger or Instagram or email them to us at drinkinformant@gmail.com. We like to read those on our minisodes. Um, be sure and leave us a review because we read one Apple Podcast review per month here on the show and those reviews that we read uh, the authors of those reviews get put into a hat we draw a winner and that person wins an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop do you want to tell us who our winner is for October and October's winner is Queen BSC uh, oh. so make sure you send us a message um, we'll try to track you down but it's a little easier if you know you come to us on Facebook or Instagram give us your address and we will send you your mug yay congratulations and Bev do you want to read our first review of November yes I will be glad to This is from J. Elizabeth P. And the title of the review is Love. And she said, thank you, Bev and Sam, for cultivating a judgment-free homesteading community. We are all growing together. Keep up the great work, Jennifer. And she is at Dirty Roots Farm, W-I on Instagram. Hey, thanks for that nice review. I like that. Thank you. Judgment-free zone. (laughs) And always growing. That's like my theme for 2020 on accident. That growth was (laughs) necessary in everything. (laughs) Yes. And make sure you hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen. This is a great way to support the podcast for free, and it helps more people like you find us. And please share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag us at Drink and Farm. We'll send you a promo code that is good for our merch shop. And it's only good for that episode. So please do that. And make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing, and all of our social media goodness in our merch shop. So that's it, guys. Thanks for having a cow with us. Yeah, we hope you uh, found it amusing. <laughs> <laughs> we could have totally dropped in way more like I, moo puns in there. Yeah, I tried my hardest to control myself. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't even cross my mind to try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, until next time. Drink. Farm. And, and give zero clucks. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things.
We drink it. 